0: So tell me how you're going to sell a $7,000 toy to 40 to 60-year-old men where the marketing for that product is this. Hot Wheels make it epic with Criss Cross Crash. Grab your fastest Hot Wheels and load them onto the track. Criss Cross Crash. Reach insane speeds for epic crashes. Criss Cross Criss Cross Crash. Whoa, that was close. The winner is the one who doesn't get smashed. Crisscross cross crash. Set with one car. Adults assemble. Batteries not included. Other cars each sold separately. Well, is Hot Wheels gonna crisscross and crash its way into people's living rooms in 2020? Is Deep Root Pinball going to deliver on all of the hyperbole we've heard from this company over the years? And is Jerry over at P3 Multimorphic going to finally, finally give us a game that makes his platform come to life? We're going to talk about those three things on this episode of Canadian Pinball Podcast, and these are inspired by a great interview Jeff did on This Week in Pinball with Robert Mueller, with uh, Michael Grant, the new sales and marketing guy over at American Pinball, and Jerry over at P3. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the analysis I did of Jersey Jack Pinball and of, what was the first one I did? Jersey Jack Pinball. Oh, and American Pinball. So no, it was Jersey Jack, then American Pinball. So I think it's interesting when you look at the history of all of these companies. And it takes more work to do that research and, and sort of line up the chronological orders in which things were were done. And I just love grabbing the actual interviews that these companies have done over the years. Now, before I talk about Deep Root and American Pinball and Jerry, I've done interviews and I've done shows that have gone into the past of some of these companies I believe it was episode 358 in which I talked about all the Deep Roots promises. So if you want to go listen to that, I would go listen to that if you haven't heard it yet. So let's start out this episode, though, talking about Hot Wheels, because I want to start there. And I want to start there for a few reasons, because it seems that American Pinball has revealed to the world that Hot Wheels is the next title. Now, they put up a 10-second teaser video yesterday saying American Pinball accepts the challenge. And... And in the video is a picture with a blue skyline and a city and orange tracks. And in the bottom of that picture, you can see the Hot Wheels Mattel trademark writing. So if that's not confirmation that it's Hot Wheels, I don't know what is. Now, unfortunately for American Pinball, Canada spoiled the fact that it was Hot Wheels a couple months ago and everyone knows it's the next title. Now, this being said, what do I think of Hot Wheels? You know what I think of Hot Wheels, okay? The problem with Hot Wheels is the same problem and I think it's the same pitfall people fall into is that the pinball buying demographic is not the same demographic of everything else that's out there that's successful. And so, let's use an example. Let's say Justin Bieber is successful, has millions and millions of fans. If you make a Justin Bieber pinball machine, will it sell thousands of units? The answer is no. Hot Wheels is very successful as a brand, right? Eight billion cars sold. I know there are adult Hot Wheel collectors out there that spend a lot of money on certain Hot Wheels collectibles. Some of the cars go anywhere from 10 grand to to almost 100 plus thousand dollars, okay? But we have seen this before in pinball. Because someone is a collector of a certain thing, does not mean that they will buy the pinball machine. Because the pinball machine has no value within the collector base of that item. No value whatsoever. So people who collect Star Wars memorabilia and Star Wars toys and action figures, they don't care to collect the Star Wars pinball machines. They don't. Now, some people might collect all things Star Wars or all things Hot Wheels, but that's a much, much smaller subgroup within the collector community of those things. And that is why I think people get disillusioned in pinball and disillusion when they think of a theme that would work well for pinball. They, it, it, there really is a, a huge guessing game. And if you guess wrong on whether or not that community within Hot Wheels will gravitate over to pinball, I, I think you're, you're really jeopardizing your ability to have a sales success on your hands. Because, because if you were to ask me, I don't think the Hot Wheels collector base is going to buy this pinball machine, especially not at $7,000. At $7,000, if if they're going to spend $7,000 on a Hot Wheels item, they're going to go buy a rare $7,000 Hot Wheels that will appreciate and also give that person the sort of you know, you know the bragging rights that they have like the rare, you know, 1970s whatever whatever car. They don't, they don't want to brag about having the pinball machine. It doesn't mean anything to them. And the other thing is this, the other thing is this, I think there's just also this delusion that people who are not into pinball will want a pinball machine. That people who are, who have no, no desire to play pinball, no desire to own a pinball machine, would get excited about owning a pinball machine if it's based on a theme they love. And, and, I, and again, I think it's hard for a lot of you who listen to this show, I think it's hard for a lot of you who go on Pinside every day to really understand that the majority of people out there just don't care. So that to make a game successful, you really need to first build a game that appeals to the core pinball demographic. 40 to 60 year old men. Maybe you can go 30 to 60, right? But it needs to be something that appeals to them and then also something that would translate well into pinball. Now, I do think that Hot Wheels could translate well into pinball, so we'll see what they do with the translation. But the other issue with Hot Wheels that I think gets even more challenging, it's not a property that has any other connection points for grown adults other than collecting the cars. There's no famous Hot Wheels movie that we all know and love. There's no famous uh, Hot Wheels theme song that we all know and love. You know, when I see people say stuff like, how can Canada say Hot Wheels sucks as a theme, but people love Toy Story? And to those people, you, you are so off base. Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and 4 are some of the greatest movies of all time. I actually think Toy Story 1 is one of the greatest movies, greatest scripts, greatest characters in any movie ever. And it's not just me who feels this way. If you go on and Tomatoes, those films all have like 98, 99, almost 100% ratings in terms of how critically acclaimed and how popular they were. And to say that Toy Story and Hot Wheels are in the same ballpark is is inane and absolutely off base. A Toy Story pin appeals to adults and kids. A Hot Wheels theme is a toy and a property that primarily is enjoyed by young kids. Most grown adults don't care anymore, have moved past it. And then you get like Ninja Turtles is an interesting in the middle kind of property, right? Where Ninja Turtles, I would also agree that most grown men grow out of Ninja Turtles, but Turtles is way more iconic, and I think Turtles forged much more of an indelible impression on people's youth. It had a lot of movies. It had a lot of, you know, the theme song we all could recite. It had probably one of the most popular arcade games of all time with the four-player Ninja Turtle game, And, 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 and we're familiar with the characters, right? I mean, think about it. Ninja Turtles has just four turtles. Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Michelangelo. Splinter, Shredder. We know, we know this property because there's not that much to know, and we have a lot of intimate connections with it. At Hot Wheels, what, 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 what does it conjure up? What, 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 do you, what do you relate to? What do you remember? What are you nostalgic about? If you're nostalgic about any of the Hot Wheels that you collected that are OEM factory cars, you're not gonna get it in this game, right? So it's just, it's just a different kind of property. And it's not to diminish the popularity of Hot Wheels. It's just not a theme that is gonna cross over. And I think you're gonna see that when it comes time to sell. Now look, Michael Grant is brand new over there. And he is their head of sales and marketing. And I'm here to tell you right now, I reached out to him. I wanted to talk to him about sales and marketing and American Pinball. And he hit me back. He said, you know, sure. We'd love to talk. He's busy. He asked me to send him a proposal. And so it's interesting to me because what I want to say to Michael, I'll say to you on air right now, and I, and I want to say this to Davil, and I mean this, is when you get the right theme in pinball, and I mean this wholeheartedly. When you get the right theme in pinball, you don't even need a sales and marketing person to sell it. It will sell itself. You don't need a sales and marketing person to help get people excited about Batman, Ghostbusters, Star Wars. Who's Spooky Pinball's head of sales and marketing? Do you even know who it is? Do they even have one? Did they need one to sell 750 Rick and Mortys in four hours? Right? When a game is a theme that people want, it will sell itself. It will sell out before people even see it if you make around 1,000 units. And we know that American Pinball wants to make a 1,000 unit run. What would you do if you were the head of sales and marketing in American Pinball? Now, and I've always said this too sales and marketing, if you're the head of marketing for a pinball company, The most important work that is done on the sales and marketing front happens in the boardroom at the very first day in which a game is considered to be made by that company. That is the most important day, the day in which someone walks in and says it's going to be dialed in. It's going to be Oktoberfest. It's going to be Poker Run. It's going to be Team Pinball's The Mafia. It's going to be Full Throttle. Like, why the hell did Andrew Highway make Full Throttle? And if you listen to all the stories of how these horrible themes get selected and made, it is always the same tale. It's just some guy has a hunch and wants to make something he thinks would be quirky and fun, and then they apply all their efforts there, and it fails. And I see it every day in my industry. When you take an idea that's not good from the beginning, it doesn't matter how much you try to convince people to buy it. It doesn't matter how much you try to convince people to play it. It doesn't matter how much you try to convince people to own it. They just won't gravitate towards your thing. They won't listen to your sales pitch. You know, my my biggest idea ever to get Bonnie Tyler to sing total eclipse of the heart during the total solar eclipse, right? That's my biggest marketing idea ever in my industry. Oftentimes, you have an idea and you have to go down a list of media outlets and you have to pitch each media one by one to try to get them to write the story. We put the Bonnie Tyler story in one, one outlet got the exclusive and then within a, like a few days, seven, eight thousand, thousand media outlets wrote about the story without having to even pitch it. It's just that good. And the same, same thing is true with pinball. If you hit the right theme with the right idea, with the right execution, you are are going to go into the realm of sales virality, okay? Now, look, let's let's look at what Michael Grant had to say. So, this week in pinball asked him, how is the move to the new facility going? And he said, the move is a process taking place in stages. The new facility is an incredible 52,000 square feet and everything is state of the art with ample room for future growth. We are planning for an official grand opening celebration, probably in the next month or so when the Chicago weather settles, to invite all our distributors and dealers, as well as players, to take the tour. We also are discussing the possibility of a special tournament, but it's still too early for any additional information. Oh, come on, Michael, come on. Give us, give us that information on that special tournament. I mean, okay, suffice it to say, very exciting times here at American Pinball. Is it, is it, is it very exciting times at American Pinball? I mean, you, you just had Oktoberfest barely reach 300 units. And, okay, so then the next question was, Jim Patla recently shared on another podcast that American Pinball has listened to feedback on the first two machines regarding shots, artwork, rule design, etc. cetera. Can you elaborate any more what people can expect in regards to changes in those areas? And Michael said, I think and hope that the entire pinball community will enjoy what the next game provides in terms of game layout and rules. There has been some wonderful feedback from so many folks and the entire design team has taken that to heart for a game that is much more straightforward and intuitive. Not only for rules, but also the overall playfield layout. The flow and geometry are really very special, and I can't wait for everyone to experience what has been created. All right, so how do we unpack that statement? Well, here's, how I, here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing when they say that, it, that the layout is much more straightforward and intuitive. I'm hearing that the game is very simple that it's, I've heard they use the word barren. I heard it's very simple layout. You're not gonna see as much packed into this game as you saw with their first two titles, but we'll have to wait and see it. I, I don't want to analyze a, a play field I haven't seen. And then Twip asked, how different has it been working with a license for this game as opposed to unlicensed games for the first two games? Now at this point, they still have not confirmed people that it's a Hot Wheels licensed machine. So we're talking hypotheticals. Now he goes on to say, it has been an incredible collaboration from all involved since the process has been going on long before I arrived on the scene. And the next two games, which are currently in development, are proving to be no less amazing. I can't reveal if there are licenses involved in the next two games, but I will say American Pinball is going to surprise everyone with what is coming up. All right. So okay, let's let's talk about that for a minute. So, are they or are they not licensed games? Here's what here's what I'm worried about. Here's what here's what here's just here's what just terrifies me about American pinball. I'm I'm just going to be completely honest. We have Hot Wheels coming out, questionable theme, not the license I would go after. There are two more games in development other than Hot Wheels. I heard one of them is Poker Run. What what are they making? Like who is? calling the shots right now over there like it's just it's terrifying to me because I still don't feel like this company has any strategy any marketing plans and so this guy Michael brand new god bless him he's he's set up to kind of fail in a way because he is the head of marketing and as the head of marketing he's had no ability to impact the decisions on what games they're going to make He is simply inheriting the decisions that other people have made. I really hope it works out for him. That would be excruciatingly painful for me if I walked into American Pinball in 2020 and said, we're going to turn this ship around. What do we got? What do we got? Okay, poker. No, that game's canceled. Sorry, Joe. I don't care how much you worked on it. I don't care. You know, and Joe Bosser said it himself to try and deceive people from from like guessing what they're going to work on next. They're going to trademark a bunch of stuff. Okay, so you trademarked Run, Valkyrie, Sherlock Holmes, and Robin Hood. All right. Out of those four, out of those four, I think Run is the worst, unrelatable one of the bunch. And that seems to be the one they picked. I I, I can't. I can't. Dude, am I am I being too tough on American pinball? Let me know at Canada's Pinball. G, Canada, Canada's Pinball. Pinball at gmail.com. All right. The last thing he says is, Everyone is looking forward to playing the game at TPF. How quickly do you expect to get production line up and running at the new facility after the announcement of game three? And how soon after TPF do you expect it to be for sale for customers? And Michael writes or says, great question. Actually, the line is currently up and running at the Streamwood facility with games being built now. The transition to the new factory is going to be seamless since that line is already getting set. There will be actually an overlap between both factories in completing, testing, and boxing machines. As for when games will be available for sale, they'll be taking orders at TPF and shipping out the first week of April. All right. So there you have it. Marketing mistake number what? Number 1,875. Never promise when games will ship out unless you are 100% certain that that is going to happen. Now I hope it happens first week in April. So wow. That's I mean look, if, if that happens that's how you do it. I, you know, we're going to talk about deep root next, but this is how you do it. You do not show a game uh, at Mar- you know March 25th, 6th and 27th and then make people wait two months to get it if you have the game at Texas And people are ordering the game and people like the game. They want the game. They don't want to see what you're working on and then wait six months. So I do hope they hit that first week in April. I always get nervous when people promise ship dates on games because usually they never hit those ship dates. Let me ask you guys one question. Which company out there never, ever in a million years ever tells you a ship date on a game? Stern Pinball. Which company ships the most games? Stern Pinball. Which company makes the most games? Stern Pinball. Which company has the best licenses? Stern Pinball. You know, it's just you go down a list of like, why don't people just realize if you don't set a date, you're never delayed? If you don't set a date, you're never misleading your customer base, okay? Now, Stern Pinball, I mean, they revealed a game, they shipped a game in the same day. I mean, you can't beat that. I guess the only way you could beat that here, here's what I think someone should do. The only way you could you could top stern at its own game is if you actually just shipped a game before even revealing it. See, that's baller status where your game just shows up on locations in arcades and barcades around the world and on the, you know and and before you've even revealed it. I can't wait to a company does that. Like I didn't even know Ninja Turtles was happening. And all of a sudden, Stern put a Ninja Turtles game inside, like, Supreme Skate Shop in New York City, and that's that. Like, it's out. Like, they're the first ones to get it. Order yours now. Watch Watch them take my advice and, and go do that next. Stranger Things launch was horrible, by the way. Anyway, okay. So, Deep Root. Deep Root. Deep Root's next. So, Deep Root, this one is a tale of, of a Mea Copa of a 180. Now, it's hard not to look at Deep Root without thinking of the past and thinking of the past hyperbole of this company. We're going to ship more games than any pinball manufacturer in the history of pinball manufacturing. Didn't happen. We're going to have so many titles a year. Didn't happen. We're going to innovate pinball on a level that people have never seen before, yet to be seen with the Raza prototype. Lots and lots of words. Now, Robert did. Give the Zidware buyers who wanted to refund their money back. He held true to his word there. And he hasn't taken any pre-order money on any of this. And because of that, for those of you who listen to this show, and you know that me, I I keep it honest on this show. I, I don't hold punches back. You know, I have I don't really have a hard time giving Robert a little bit of a pass on certain things because it's like it's it's his money. It's his investors. It's his company. And he's made a bed that he has to sleep in. And and I think he says that in one of his lines here. But let's go through Robert Mueller's answers because I I, I want to read them first. And then I want to give you my overall feelings on, on each response and sort of the vibe I'm getting as I read these answers. and I, And I think Robert's turning a new page. I think he's turning a corner for the better, but it also, you know, as he's becoming more likable the, to, to most of you out there, right? As he's becoming more humble, the answers aren't, they they feel like he's backpedaling a bit. And let, let's, let's read the questions and the answers. Okay. All right. And I still want to get to deep root. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I have a work, I have a work meeting that goes Late in the day on Tuesday. And so to get from New York to Texas, the earliest, uh, the latest flight I can get out of here is 7 p.m., which doesn't work for me because I have a meeting that ends at like 5 in New Jersey, and there's just no way I can get to the airport. And so the only option I have would be a 6 a.m. flight out of New York that Wednesday that would get me in around lunchtime, like noon, and which i thought was plenty of time but apparently i'll be missing most of the presentation but we'll we'll see what happens we'll see what happens okay so a very open-ended question which i which i love by jeff how are things at deep root you know i always love questions like this because when you just ask a broad question you allow the person to answer in a way that's not that guided and you'll get more from them i always ask clients one question what are you afraid of? Right? Just ask him that. You it's you'll you'll be amazed what you get. Okay. So Robert says, I've never heard of a launch where things weren't crazy beforehand. I think we all um, will be very relieved to get the pressure off our shoulders and partially pull back the curtains of secrecy. Now I'm I'm gonna stop as I read through these things. Partially pull back, right? There's always a little bit of like we're gonna give you a little, but we're not gonna give you everything. We're gonna give like wet your appetite, but not everything we promised. Okay. Then he goes on to say, I can honestly say that I work with the best, most passionate people in pinball. They come in every day and overcome insurmountable obstacles and deliver the magic that has been asked of them. Well, if it's insurmountable, then you can't, doesn't by definition, if something's insurmountable, it can't be overcome. Uh, but apparently they have the ability to do that and achieve the magic. He says, I am appreciative and grateful for each and every one of them. On this, I can only speak for myself. Launch won't be the unrealistic daydreams I've had a million times since 2015, but it also won't be disappointing either. Being humbled the hard way As you finally have to switch from tinkering to implementing, has finally, sorry, has definitely given me some gray hairs and taken a few years off my life. Now, that line I love, from tinkering to implementing has been really difficult. That reminds me of John Papaduke. There there is no man that comes to mind more than J Pop in, in a man who got really excited about the tinkering but really had no clue how to implement it and make a commercially viable product that worked for the buyer of the game. Now Robert is with J-Pop, but he's with a lot more people and I don't doubt their passion. I don't doubt their enthusiasm. I don't doubt their ability to create magic in pinball. Well, well that's the thing, that's, that's yet to be seen. Now, magic is a subjective term. What will the magic be? What insurmountable obstacles did they overcome? So Jeff then asked him, after everything that has happened in the industry and at Deep Root over the last few years, how are you feeling heading into the official launch? And Robert said, first and foremost, we made our bed and we now have to put up or shut up. Along the way, some things have gone our way and others have not. While we are not kidding ourselves about the difficulty of the path ahead, We do have some things to prove. That will take time and persistence. We have been up for the challenge this far, and I am confident that we will be ready, prepared, and up to the challenges that come. Second, I'm eagerly looking forward to finally meeting a lot of the personalities and members of the pinball community. And after being hyper-focused on getting us to launch, uh, in a way, launch is the beginning of a very different, more exciting citizenship in the community. And third, I think the community will be relieved from having to guess what we are about and doing. While most of the wild speculation has given us some chuckles, it is on us to define who we are and what to expect from Deep Root's vision of pinball. So, look, I I am not one to not accept a man's desire to to ask for forgiveness, which he's not quite doing. He's not doing that here, but I think Robert realizes. And if you followed Robert on Pinside, he was very bullish, he was very brash, he was very short with people, he was very boastful. He had a lot of bravado that they have not backed up. I mean, the company's been around for five years with a large staff. Hasn't shipped a single game, no money coming in, hasn't proven anything. And I would say that what Raza showed us in Houston did not, did not deliver on the magic and the over hyping of the organization. It just, you know, I just, and I, and I, and I look at it like this, you know, me pinball magic to me is very simple. Did you see the ball do something magical? Did you see the ball do something that made you say, wow? Did you see the ball do something that made you say, how did they figure that out? I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And and so, you know, it's but I I really think that if Robert continues this path, he will find more friends in pinball. He needs the community. You know, at the very beginning, it just felt like this. Like, we don't need you guys. Like, we don't need Pinside. Like, we don't need your support. And, and he couldn't be more wrong because games like Raza, games like original themes from designers like J-Pop or Barrio or, or whoever, John Norris, whenever you have an original themed game from a pinball designer, the only people that care are the diehard pinball enthusiasts in the community that know and respect those designers. Nobody else cares, right? Gary Stern is selling every single Stranger Things despite Brian Eddy. He doesn't need Brian Eddy to sell that game. He doesn't. If you're a Brian Eddy fanatic, there's nothing in that game that makes you feel like, oh, he, kn- he knocked it out of the park again. It's, it's, it's inconsequential. It's Stranger Things. It has, it, it has so many more fans than the designer itself. But a game like Dialed In... You got to be a fan of Pat Lawler because nobody's a fan of Dialed In because it means nothing to nobody, right? And that's why games like Raza especially need goodwill in the community because people hate J-pop and, and you're starting with two strikes. And if you're starting with two strikes, you can't come into that community, run your mouth, make people upset with you and then get them to, they, You You need these people to buy your game. You know, it's like, Robert, who do you think's buying these games? The very people that you are upsetting. So I do like this new approach, and I do like that he's humbled, and I think we should accept his humbler approach and see what he has uh, in in San Antonio in in a little over a week. All right, Jeff goes on to say, will there be different editions of deep root machines like Stern's Pro Premium LE? Good question, Jeff. Who, who keeps asking that question? Canada Pinball Podcast, number one pinball podcast. Robert says, I'm sure there will be a lot of comparisons between us and other pinball companies after our launch day. We've tried to pick a balanced approach to what is already working and what needs improvement in existing industry products and strategies. We never wanted to redefine pinball itself. Thank God, Robert. Just redefine the expectations from pinball for the next century. Next century of pinball. Robert, come on. We all know, we all know that pinball will not be around for another hundred years. I give it a good five years. I really do. There is just going to reach a point in which there is no way the younger generations are going to keep buying pinball machines, but whatever. He goes on to say, uh, after the century line, as I've said many times, our core focus is value and building in value at every level of development and production. I think some will scratch their heads at the details of what we plan to do. We can't win over everyone, and I don't even want to try. In time, and with a 32,000 foot view, I'm confident that our plan will be embraced by enough consumers for us to put a check in the win column. All right, check in the win column. All right, okay, so look. There's a lot of words there, and I think what Robert is saying is there will absolutely be a tiered model at Deep Root. I don't know if it's going to be Pro Premium LE. I definitely know that they are going to plan high-end versions of certain models of games. I I would expect Magic Girl and Alice in Wonderland, especially Alice, to be a game in which you're going to see super expensive, very limited versions of games for the high-end collector. Which I think is smart. I also think you're gonna see games at a much cheaper price point. But I don't think, here's what I don't think you're gonna see. I don't think you're gonna see any deep root games cheaper than a Stern Pro. And and when Robert says value, what he means is this. If you look at the price of a deep root game, I think he wants you to see the value that's in the game, not that he's not that he's playing like a a price value war to give you like all the pinball you expected for like $5,000, like it's just not gonna happen. It's not realistic. And so that's that's where I, you know, I think Robert was shocked when he showed Raza to the world and people were, were, were commenting saying, yeah, I'd buy this if it was 5,500 bucks. And, and And he was taken aback by that because like, he's like, how could you people see this game with all that's in it and then say, you're gonna pay less than a Stern Pro that's completely empty. I mean, you're going to pay less for a Raza than a than a Black Knight sort of rage. And, and, and I think that just, I think that threw him for a loop, that people weren't seeing the value in it. Now, it's also the problem with showing a game that's a prototype and not in the final package and not in the final artwork. And I think there's a lot riding on this launch in which people will see the value. And the thing is this with value, value is something that people have to feel, right? You have to feel it. It's not something that you can go down a list of parts and, and try to convince people it's worth it. You know, when you stand over a Pirates of the Caribbean at Jersey Jack Pinball and he tells you it's $9,000, like you feel it, you, you sense that that sounds right. This looks like a $9,000 pin. When you stand over a $9,000 Black Knight sort of rage or any real, any real, like you stand over a $9,000 Stranger Things L.E., you don't feel it. You don't. It does not feel that way. In fact, no stern pinball to me, and I'm just going to be completely honest. No stern pinball machine, when I stand over it, feels like it's worth anything more than $6,000. It just doesn't feel that way. And so I think that's what has sort of disrupted Robert a little bit. He's putting more in. He's going to charge a little bit more, but you're getting much more. And, he, and I don't think people just didn't feel it when they stood over Raza. All right. What else did Jeff ask him? He said, what type of innovations can we expect to see during the launch? And Robert said, we will be excited to show a portion of what we've been working on on launch day. I've been told that reading the launch presentation script is like trying to sip from a fire hydrant. So even though we were only showing a portion, having taken years to develop, it will be more than enough for the community to digest at once. We are very serious about continuing to innovate So the rest of the innovations will be released periodically when the time is right. As for launch, we plan to show three types of innovations. The first will be core innovations that makes us stand out from the crowd. So by that, he means like, here's our cabinet. Here's our maybe our rotisserie play field that flips upside down. Here's what makes a deep root game a deep root game. Do they have internet connectivity? So that's what he means there. The second will be subtle innovations that are critical to our platform. Okay, so that, I, I don't know what that is. That that could be like all the boards are Wi-Fi connected and if something fails, it knows exactly what fails. It could be, uh, you know, new menu system in which you can operate your game. The third and final will be innovations that we want it to see in Pinball. All right, so I, you know, I don't know what these things are. I'm not gonna speculate, so we look forward to seeing what those are. Uh, Jeff went, on to ask, how do you think Deep Root can change pinball? Great question, Jeff, great question. And Robert says, the launch day itself is not only a product of launch, but also a launch of our vision, our standard and platform. Our pinball project grew out of my frustrations and purchasing and owning pinball machines. We therefore have taken a problem-solving approach from the beginning. In other words, see a problem, then fix a problem. The more problems we solved, the more we found that needed solving. If we stay the course on this problem-solving approach, we are guaranteed to keep innovating, keep changing pinball, we would argue for the better. All right, so here, this to me, this is the gamble. If you were to ask me, what is the 32,000-foot gamble for deep root? and I've said this before on this show many times, it's that you started a company to solve problems that weren't really problems. And what I mean by that is Stern Pinball might sell 15,000 games a year. What's the problem? People are buying their games, people are enjoying their games, their games are reliable for the most part. So that's my whole thing, is yes, you could go and overturn a pinball machine and see all of the soldering and say, well, this is a problem. Like people don't want to have to solder to, you know, repair something. But what did Stern do? For the most part, I I had a Stern machine for two years and my Batman never broke down. I never had to change anything. One node board went out, popped it up, put a new one in back in action for another year, no issues. So that's the whole thing is, Is it a problem that pinball machines are not connected to the internet or is it just something people want? Is it a problem that connectors need to be soldered or is it just something that people would want? And that's my whole point is you got to just figure out who are you selling this to and what is the real problem you're solving for those people. And that's, what's hard with pinball. It's the same thing as we get to P3 multimorphic. Jerry thought he was solving a problem for people, for people that, that, don't want to have to keep buying an entirely new game to have a new experience, he created P3 Multimorphic. He thought he was solving a really big problem for pinball people and he couldn't have been more wrong and it's proven not to be a problem or else his solution would have been accepted by more buyers. So as we see what Robert and company are considering to be solutions to problems, It's gonna be interesting to see if the problems they solved were real problems or just ones that were in their own heads. Okay, the last question was, where do you see Deep Root and the pinball industry in five years? He said, we can't speak for others and can only speak to Deep Root's vision for the next century of pinball. Here we go again with this 100 years from now hyperbole. Come on, Robert. But then he goes on to say, as I'm sitting here at my dining room table, thinking of how to answer this very open subjective question. I casually gazed over at a whiteboard that my wife and daughter used to leave motivational quotes for each other. The one currently up from practical magic talks about that normal isn't necessarily a good thing to aspire to, that it rather denotes a lack of courage. I think in pinball context, that concept sums up our journey. We'll let everyone else be normal. I've bet a large amount of resources, the reputation of our company, and the loyalty of my staff on my vision of pinball that in doing so, the pinball consumer will reward us for the value, effort, and awesomeness we bring. Pinball needs a shot of courage right about now. And if what we are about to unleash isn't considered courageous, I'm not sure what is or that which will keep pinball going strong five years or more from now. The wait is almost over, stay tuned. And then Jeff, this is crazy to me, because Jeff at the bottom of this sign-off has a little image that you can click that opens up 3D Pinball Space Cadet, which is the old, I believe, Windows pinball game that popped up on computers. If you click it and look at that image, I'm surprised this is there because now that it's there, I'm just going to tell you, Deep Root Pinball is making that game. I don't know which designer is doing it, but this is one of the titles that is at Deep Root Pinball. I think people are going to see this game when they go there. I think it's going to be one of their lower priced options. So there you go. Canada Pinball Podcast. Deep Root Pinball is making 3D Pinball Space Cadet. All right. And that's why it says awaiting development. I, I mean, it's, it's weird that Jeff put it in there as a teaser. He's gotta know that Canada knows what the rumors are. And sometimes I hold stuff back, sometimes I don't, but I'm not holding it back. All right, so Courage, the most courageous pinball company in the world. We're gonna see that when people visit DeepRoot. My closing thoughts on this is Robert understands he needs to be more humble. He's still making big promises of innovation and taking a leap forward in pinball. And we have to see it. There's just nothing There's just nothing left at this point. But I will say this. If what we saw in Raza is 90% of this courageous push forward, people aren't seeing it. People aren't seeing it. And I really hope we see something that blows us away. And to this date, that game and that Houston prototype just didn't do it. So I, I look forward to seeing what other... Tricks they have in the bag of magic and that the magical hat because they need something. This company needs something that makes people say, Wow. And that's what we want. I mean, I think Robert does understand that if he does that and he gives people an amazing value and magical package and pinball, people will respond and people will move towards his products and people will give him a chance and he will get people excited now the one question though and this is the big to me this is the big This is the big one jeff didn't ask him when are raz is going to ship i really hope and this is my fear robert knows the, the the cardinal sin in all of pinball reveals the cardinal sin is you can't reveal a game and then make people wait a long time to get it and my big question is manufacturing None of this matters. None of this tinkering to prototypes, to showing us pieces of the puzzle, it doesn't matter. You only have a pinball company when the puzzle is assembled, when everything is put together, put in a box, and I can go buy it, and I can have it in my home. And I'm still not sure when razes are going to customers. And it still just feels like it's not ha- Does this sound like it's happening in a, in a few weeks? I mean, you got American Pinball saying the games are on the line, the games are being made now, and the games are going into boxes first week in April. I don't get that sense that that's the case with Deep Root. And if manufacturing continues to be the insurmountable obstacle, then what's the point? What is the point? You have to figure out manufacturing first. How are you going to build this? Then go have the fun. And go make the sausage, okay? We'll see. There's gonna be no hiding when everyone gets shown into the Deep Root Auditorium in, in a little over a week. And I know they're anxious, but they're, they must be excited to finally show us what's, what's happening. All right, let me just close real quick with P3 Multimorphic. Jerry over there at P3, he's ready. He's ready after all these years, like seven plus years, he's ready to finally give us the game that he came on this show. And and, and I love that Jeff even said on Canadian Pinball Podcast, you said that the next game you're developing will have the most versatile physical mechanical device ever ever developed in a pinball machine it is the most versatile physical pinball mechanism ever developed write it down mark my words you you'll say the same thing when you see it can you share any more on this as you get closer to launch and jerry said great job under promising right when i made that comment we had working conceptual prototypes now we have fully engineered devices finalized for production and the mech is even better than i predicted that said While this game has some incredible physical features, they're just a small part of the full package. Story, theme integration, artwork, gameplay, mechs, AV, everything. The team poured their heart, soul, and pretty much all of their free time into this game and we're super proud of it. And yes, everything I call a mech interacts with the pinball. This one has a big personality. All right, so this is it, folks. This, is, this has to be it for P3 Multimorphic. If this game is successful and delivers and wows people, will people buy into Jerry's platform? But if it doesn't, this has to be it, right? This is the final song of Jerry and P3 Multimorphic. He'll still make his P-Rock boards, but this platform, I think, lives or dies by this reveal, which is exciting. How awesome is it that he's this excited? How awesome is it that we're excited to see if he's going to deliver on this exciting thing. I love it. That's what I want. I mean, he's actually selling this better than, than, than when I hear Robert talk about it, when I hear American Pinball talk about it. I mean, this is like, yeah. The only, the only thing that makes me be like, uh, is like Jerry has a tendency to get really excited about stuff that other people are not excited about. Like he loves stuff that clearly people who buy pinball machines don't love. So we'll see. Jeff goes on to ask, recent pinball news shared on their podcast, there is a mechanism that goes further down the play field than other games you've released on the P3 platform. Is this the same mech that you're talking about in the Canada interview? And he wrote, I'm not sure, actually, he could be talking about one of a couple of mechs. This game delivers physical experiences over a large majority of the play field. People who thought interesting gameplay in P3 games was restricted to the back third of the play field are in for a pleasant surprise. You know, it's funny. As Jerry says this stuff, I'm kind of like, why don't you just make that wood sort of insert play field that's on the upper? Why don't you just, Jerry, why don't you just like bring it all the way down? Just make a normal pinball machine. I mean, I would just love it. Like The, the thing that's just killing me for P3 Multimorphic, it's like he's literally got to just keep inching over the screen. And building over the screen. Nobody needed the You never needed the screen, Jerry. You never needed the damn screen. You just should have made a great pinball machine. But anyway, I can't wait to see this thing. I, I just, it, it sounds, I, I you know what? I can't even envision what it is. And that's why I'm excited. He then says, can you share more about the theme of the game? Is it a licensed theme? And Jerry said, in my opinion, the best pinball games of all time are based on unlicensed themes. Okay, this is where I just want to throw my mic over the shoulder. It's like, it's like this is where Jerry becomes Jerry. It's like stop being a Jerry. Jerry from Rick and Morty. Jerry, what are, what are you talking about? Jerry, here's the thing. The best pinball machines of all time are unlicensed themes. Okay, Jerry, the best selling pinball machines of all time are licensed themes. You're a company. You're trying to sell people something. The best pinball machines of all time if you were to ask me, are the themes people love and are incredible pinball machines? So that's pretty much our answer. He says, yes, licenses create an immediate draw for fans of the theme but many implementations don't deliver the experience a theme deserves. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, I know you love that, Willy Wonka, but it didn't give you what you wanted from the Willy Wonka movies. And he's like, yeah, but I'd still rather have a half-baked Willy Wonka than a dialed-in. I, I Absolutely. He then goes on to say, this game is the best of both worlds. Well, it can't be the best of both worlds because it's not a... Theme that I don't. Well, well, he goes on to say he goes. The theme is unlicensed, but it also is super well known and highly entertaining. the (laughs) The game's creative director, Steven Silver. Oh man, Steven, this all rides on you, brother. If you mess this up, Steven, we're coming to your door with the pitchforks. Created an amazing story and layout that integrates the theme perfectly. When you hit the start button. You're immediately immersed in the world he built for you, and gameplay keeps you immersed until your your, your final drain. I've been so immersed into this game until my final drain. Well, you have to feel immersed after your final drain, so you want to play once more. So, like, unlicensed theme, original story by Steven Silver. It's, like, right there. It's just, like... Uh, or Ghostbusters Steven Silver's original story Or Lord of the Rings Steven Silver's original story Or Rick and Morty Steven Silver's original story Or Ninja Turtles It's like I, I really hope I really 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 hope They figure this out But I, I, I still think Jerry's a little Way too cavalier and, and sort of is dismissive Of getting a theme And, and, and he has to understand One simple thing In seven minutes time, seven minutes, people, Spooky Pinball sold more Rick and Mortys in seven minutes than Jerry has sold P3 Multimorphics in seven years. Think about that. Am I a jerk? Am I the worst pinball podcast in the world for pointing stuff like that out? It's all riding on this original story that we're gonna love though. All right, he goes on to say, you also mentioned in the Canada interview, when you see this machine, when we show it to you, you'll be able to buy P3s with this game or add this game to your existing P3. We'll ship them that week. All right, so Jerry said, let's put it this way. If you're coming to TPF with your heart set on buying specific machine, keep your mind open. You might just leave with a different one. Oh, smack. I love the smack talk. You think you're going to leave here with Ninja Turtles? You're leaving with P3 Multimorphic. You think you're leaving here? I I love it. I love his enthusiasm. I really do. He then wrote, remember that a P3 is a global pinball platform, one machine, many games. If you prefer individual cabinets for your game kits, no problem. We can ship a machine with any kit you want. If you're short on floor space or want to drastically reduce the price of buying new games, get one P3 and swap games whenever you want. I mean, I read it like that because it sounds like an infomercial. I'll keep going. Physical playfield swaps take under two minutes and require no tools and the library of games keeps growing. With games like Lexi Lightspeed, Cosmic Kart Racing Arcade, Cannon Lagoon, Rocks, Barnyard, Grand Slam Rally, Hooping It Up, and Heads Up, the P3 already delivers something for everybody and while we'll continue to explore new concepts and outside the box thinking, we're also getting back to our roots and delivering the traditional pinball experience that we all know and love. the F does that mean, Jerry? Getting back to our roots? What are you talking about? which roots your roots the roots of multimorphic the tree fell down Jerry there nobody what roots you know it's it's like it's like to him the roots of pinball are these like quirky unlicensed theme that like kids had fun Jerry you're selling your machines to grown adults Jerry you're selling a ten thousand dollar product I, I almost feel like telling Jerry grow up grow up and understand what beer drinking. 40 to 60 year old men half of whose guts are touching the lockdown bar when they play they don't want to play barnyard they don't want to play hooping it up nobody nobody Jerry nobody nobody wants to play hooping it up nobody (laughs) and then he goes on to say then there's this new game which is quite literally the best pinball game I've ever played Hmm, there I go, under-promising again. I I don't know if I feel happy, excited, or sad for Jerry with all of this hyperbole. It's the best pinball game he's ever played. I I guess the next question I have then is, have you ever played another pinball machine, Jerry? What's going on? And I respect Jerry. Him and I are friends. I mean, I say this stuff, I have to. Uh, And then there's a picture. There's this teaser picture of what the game is, and it's... It's a it's a flaming arrow over like scorched road and there's tire tracks. Now, is this like a nitro boost moment? I don't know what's happening here. Is it monster truck game? It's definitely not it's it's definitely I maybe it's a space theme. I don't know. It's definitely not like a fantasy game. It's got to have paved roads, so it's not like an old sort of like Night Game or Dragons or anything like that. So it, I I don't know, but it's the best pinball machine he's ever played. And so here's what's exciting. TPF, in a couple weeks, all of these questions will be answered. What's happening at Deep Root? If, if the multimorphic new game is going to be worth the hype, we're going to see Hot Wheels. It's going to be one of the best TPFs ever. Also crazy that it might be going on with, coronavirus hitting Frisco, Texas, I don't know, you know, it's like, look, you're at better odds of getting struck by lightning. But to me, it's more like people are just doing the responsible thing. And I don't know, everyone's jumping on board, but the show's going to go on and it's going to be so much content for all of us pinball podcasters out there. And I'm excited too, because I think over the last few weeks, you've probably felt this. It's It's been like this internal analysis of pinball, a lot of like, there just hasn't been a lot to talk about. There hasn't been a lot to talk about. The Twippies are also taking place. I mean, we all, the Twippies is such awkwardly timed, right? You vote, you forget about it. It's like end of March and we're celebrating the best of 2019. I agree with all of you. When, when I even share my own, I, it's like I'm, I, I feel like it happened already. Like, I, I, it's hard to get back up again for the Twippies. I think they need to figure out a way to do that award show earlier. Somewhere out, I mean, do, I don't know, just do it in New York City. Have a gala, like we'll rent out a like, room, invite everybody. I don't know. But, you know, the Twippies are coming up. And so that's going to be exciting. Uh, Jurassic Park's going to win everything. So that's going to be really exciting. Uh, and so a lot's going to happen. And so I really can't wait over the next, like, month or so to see everything, to talk about everything, to be enthusiastic about everything. And I'll just end the show with this. Because I see people like get mad when I ask for people if they like Wonka or not or Pirates. Look, if you like a pinball machine, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. You listen to this show to be entertained. I do it on a weekly basis to entertain you. I give my point of view on something. Formulate your own point of view. You're all big boys. Pull up your pants. Look at your wallets and realize that your $7,000 is probably safe. (laughs) you know considering what games they want you to buy that are coming out new at tpf anyway everyone have a great day we'll talk to you soon whoa that was close the winner is the one who doesn't get smashed crisscross crash set with one car adults assemble batteries not included other cars each sold separately